Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Don't Suck at Marketing podcast. We are your hosts. I am Aaron Burke. And I'm John Ledoux. And we're here today to talk about marketing strategy versus marketing tactics. And that's a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> so you think this is a fun topic, huh? I think it's great. All right. I think I know that you have a lot to say about this topic. Uh, I, I have I have some some things to say as well. So today we're really going to get into talking about what is generally strategy versus what what is tactics. And then within marketing, how you really segment things as part of strategy or tactics, what that means from marketing perspective, when you should focus on strategy versus when you should focus on tactics. And then getting a little bit into really how to design a strategy, some of the things to think about when you're trying to put a strategy in place. And then maybe maybe talk a little bit also about how to, as marketers, communicate effectively what it is that you're doing. So how to communicate effectively your strategy and your tactics and why you're doing some of these things to non-marketers, to other stakeholders, to upper management, um, and why why the ability to communicate that sort of stuff effectively is important. I love it. Let's dive in. All right. So so getting into it, to first off, you know, kind of what is strategy versus what is tactics? And I actually went online and I looked up what the definition of strategy was in tactics. Does the internet have actually something to say about this? Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. One of the one of the interesting things that it's I think it's actually really new in the internet that you can you can put a word in Google search, and you'll get back like a dictionary definition of a word. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's amazing. It skips right to the definition. Yeah, like it I'm, knows what you're looking I've, for. I've got like all these books. Like I bought an encyclopedia set like last year. I think I'm going to have to get rid of it now. <laughs> Sounds like Google's putting uh, some of these encyclopedia companies out of business. Yeah. But when you look up um, online, uh, strategy versus tactics, the definitions are actually very similar. The main difference here is that the definition of strategy is that it's a a general, broad, overall um, goal, whereas tactics focus on the achievement of a specific goal. And I think that's really important. Sometimes, though, it, it can be hard to sort of think about which is which when you're, you might think, hey, I'm focusing on strategy when you're actually focusing on tactics. So I have this little um, kind of made up parable of how to understand strategy versus tactics. So this guy starts a company and says, hey, with our company, what we're going to do is we're going to be the best, the very best company. Um, we're going to supply wood flooring. And he hires all these people. And these people are amazing at going into the forest at setting up logistics at chopping down the right kind of trees they they create these factories that they're able to take the the wood from these trees and they're, they're able to turn it into to this this gorgeous wood flooring um and then they go to to uh to try to sell this wood and turns out um they were chopping down and selling oak and the market doesn't care about oak oak sells for you know 50 cents a square foot whereas redwood is selling for five dollars a square foot and so the thing here is that they built this amazing, tactically um, fantastic operation that they were able to, to make wood so well, but they screwed up the strategy. They never looked and said, what wood should we actually be focusing on chopping down? If they just taken a step back and said, what is our overall goal? How can we be most effective? They could have put all the tactics and the machinery in place and had a much more successful business. It's a weird way to think about that, but that's how I myself sometimes step back and think about what what strategies for and what tactics are for, uh, especially when I, I get a little too enthusiastic about putting tactics in place. Yeah, well, some people think about strategy 
when they're thinking about email marketing. There is a strategy for how you approach email marketing, for example, but it's probably not the same conversation you want to have with the C-level executive. Right. Right. No, and that and that's incredibly important. Um, you know, tactics versus strategy are going to be different depending on sort of what your focus really is. If your focus is you, your your only job within this company is to be an email marketer, then your strategy is, is going to be about how can I achieve my goal of of what of whatever it is that you're doing within email. If you're if you're a CMO and your goal is to actually deliver a certain number of leads or, or basically become a revenue center or deliver revenue for your company, utilizing email is just going to be one of the tactics that you're, that you're involved with. 100%. And so you, you have to really take in the perspective of, of what your role is and what you're trying to achieve to figure out kind of what, what, your, what is strategy and what is tactic. Yeah, it's totally relative. Yeah. So, so AJ, um, you know, one of the other things that, that I kind of wanted to talk about now is how how you can define strategy versus tactics. And you just brought up a, a nice example when it comes to email. Um, but I'd love to hear about from you a little bit when it comes to strategy, defining strategy versus tactics. I think I think you're right on point when you talk about strategy being an, a more overarching goal. Like uh, we want marketing's contribution to the business to be 10%. There is a, uh, a strategic goal there and you are going to leverage strategy to draw in the types of channels that you're leveraging and the type of product that you're selling and how you're going to market. Um, and then when you start getting a little bit more into the weeds around how you're actually going to achieve that goal is when you start getting into the tactics. So it's what are the um, what are the specific channels that I'm going to leverage and how am I going to leverage them? And there's some questions that need to be answered in order to accomplish that goal. And uh, it's a guided conversation I generally have with um, any senior director, VP, CMO, CEO about how you go to market. And there's some very genuine questions you have to answer. And that's they, they can be very tough, particularly for a CEO who's a founder CEO, for example. Uh, who is your target market? Right? What's your ICP, that um, ideal customer profile? And it really forces the, the executive to answer the question around uh, what does product market fit look like for my product? It's a tough question because a lot of these guys have, have developed a product that they feel like they could sell to everybody, right? Oh, everybody, and everybody should know who we are. Well, that's not exactly true because when you need to put money behind it, right, those tactics, um, how do you go about doing that if you're marketing to everybody? And you can't. You just can't. So now, just like for this podcast, the first thing we did before we ever had our first episode of this podcast is we sat down and said, what is our ideal customer profile for this podcast? Exactly. Who is going to listen to this podcast? Yeah. There's not a lot of accidents that happen if you're doing the right thing. We're only a few in, and surprisingly, a lot of these, the, a lot of the folks that reach out to me about either doing more podcasts or uh, want to hear more content tend to be founder CEOs who are just getting off the ground. Um, they may or may not have a minimum viable product yet. They are formulating that and they're really trying to figure out, well, if I'm going to create an MVP, who's my market going to be and how am I going to reach that market? And then what are the pieces that I need to put in place to address that market? And uh, that's a lot of strategy, right? You got to figure a lot of that stuff out. Uh, we have not quite answered that question yet. We do have a minimum <laughs> viable product, I think, which is we are putting content out there in the internet space. No, you know, I was joking about that really, because I think the in, in the case of us and what we're doing right now, I, I think when we sat down and decided to kind of work on this, the, our ideal customer profile was, was actually us. 
Yeah. We decided that we wanted to make a, a marketing podcast that we found interesting. Yeah. And then, then that we kind of found ourselves talking about and like talking about, we would then more figure out what the ideal customer profile well, yeah, is. Yeah, I think our goal was to just have some fun. It's a Sunday morning and we're trying to figure out how do we have a good time. And most importantly, it gives us an opportunity to see each other every time we do one of these, which... Uh, every six months. Every, yeah. Turns out it's, it's every six months because we're really terrible at it. But truthfully, we love talking about this stuff. And before we even started today's, uh, we had a good 10 minute conversation getting deep into strategy and tactics and the philosophy around how you develop those. And then we go, wait a second, wait, we should be recording this stuff. Um, and that's why a lot of this seems like a stream of consciousness, but a lot of it should just be entertainment too. Hopefully you're drinking your Sunday coffee and listening to us right now going, Hey, these guys aren't that dissimilar to me. Right. My apologies for that, uh, for that little aside there. Uh, <laughs> This is the challenge too. There's so much fun stuff to talk about. But getting back to to tactics and strategy, one of the pitfalls that I think can happen with marketers, um, and this can happen for a number of different reasons. It could be because you're given a, a target goal, right? You have to you have to show results. You have to perform. Uh, or it could be because uh, you've you've come onto a company recently. You're you're new, or you're put in a new role, or you're put on a new project, and you know, you know what tactics are, you know what you've seen, what's worked before, you know the different things that you can do. And I feel like it, it can be very easy to just jump into, all right, let's focus on these tactical things. We can put these these sort of things in place. And you might think to yourself, yeah, we'll try these different things and, and we'll see which one of these are actually working well. And then we can sort of calibrate and then based on what's working, we can then really focus in on that. You might start. You might jump the gun. You might start thinking about these tactics and what you're doing, what you want to do, without having taken the time to really develop a strategy that's going to inform what those tactics are actually trying to achieve. Yeah, and I think um, there's a few different kinds of conversations I have with clients around how do you get there? How do you get to the point where you can even formulate a marketing strategy, um, or even a sales strategy for that matter? And a lot of it does have to do with identifying product market fit. You've developed a product, how are you taking it to market and who are you selling it to? Um, that eventually leads to understanding who that ideal customer profile is. Um, but more importantly, it's about understanding the character and the nature of the ICP that allows you to go out and leverage the channels or the tactics that you need to address that person and put your product out in front of that person or meet that person. So question for you on that. When you said you know identifying your, your ideal customer, yeah. And doing that allows you to leverage and pick the different channels. Yeah. So, so I want to actually dig in with with you on that. Is Let's do it. How, how does, you know, once you've said this is the customer, this is the problem that we're solving for this customer, how does that then help you choose the channels that you're going to actually use for your marketing message and, and to try to get leads in. Yeah. If you truly understand um, who the individual is. So let's, let's just elevate for just a second because I think it's not just individuals, right? A lot of companies now are selling to accounts. That's the big, that's the big thing right now. Account-based marketing, which is truly marketing that we've been doing for generations, but uh, now it has a name. And uh, when you're talking about account-based marketing, you're talking about what kind of accounts we want to sell into, right? Like, who, what kind of companies buy products like mine? And there's a lot of answers around that, around figuring out who that might be. It might be based on the size of the price, right? The amount of money that you can make off of a particular customer. Um, it might be um, product market fit focused. It might be um, regionally or geographically focused. Uh, and then you figure out who those companies are based on their usage of a product. Then you figure out who is it that you sell to in that company. 
And who is it that you sell to in that company could be a variety of people, right? It might be somebody who's the person that signs off on the document, but doesn't actually use the product. It might be um, a person who actually uses the product. They might be a user buyer, right? It might be some other uh, decision maker. And there's a whole host of people that you need to talk to, but each one behaves differently, right? The well, now, same- now you're getting into almost like some, some classic sales methodologies, like exactly. Miller Hyman sales methodology. It focuses on mapping out who the, the influencers, the users, yeah. the decision makers are within a company. And they matter, right? So what you're saying is that not only do salespeople need to do that when they're trying to penetrate an account, but as marketers, we need to do that as well. 100%. Marketing is is similar to sales in that it's, it's sort of the proxy on the back end that's trying to put the product out in front as leveraging the economies of scale that come with modern marketing technologies to get the product in front at a much cheaper cost than it would a salesperson in, in their time. Um, but at the end of the day, if you understand who the individual is, then those individuals behave differently, particularly how they consume content on the internet, for example. Your C-level executive, if they're part of the decision-making process, may not be somebody that's on the internet doing searches for your product or something around your product or how to solve this product, right? They're going to expect the people who work for them and under them to bring that to their attention, mm-hmm. right? They're focused on high-level strategy for the organization, but they're still a decision maker about either how your product fits into their stack or how your product fits into um, their service or whatever it might be. So, uh, when you're thinking about the individual, you're thinking about not just the ICP, the ideal customer profile, but the ideal persona profile. And that persona is made up of a variety of things. There's demographic things. That person may not even live in this country. That person may read in a different language. That person may look at blogs for the answer versus Google. Um, and that will help you identify what channels you need to leverage. figure all that out? Uh, you've got to call your customers. You've got to call the customers of competitors and figure out how do they consume, right? One of the least known tactics for whatever reason within an organization is actually calling your customer and asking them some questions about how did you find us? How do you do research on a particular subject matter? Mostly based on what it is that you're trying to sell, for example, but how is it that you behave online? Get a couple of these folks on the phone, get a couple of folks in the room to have a conversation about it so you can get way down into the weeds around how does this person behave? So what you're saying is that what we should be doing to learn about our customers' behavior is asking our customers about their behavior. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> or identify the ICP, and even if they're not your customer, it gives you an opportunity to have a conversation. Hell, you don't know if it's going to turn into a sales conversation. You know, what, you know what's kind of funny about that? And and um, I come from uh, actually uh, being a, in a sales background before I, I moved into more of a marketing background. So I have, I think, a d- comfort level with being in front of potential customers. Yeah. Um, That's important. It's incredibly important, and I think what is what is interesting about modern marketing tools is that modern marketing tools um, they can be so effective, but they can also allow marketers to almost f- be able to firewall themselves off from interacting 100%. with actual people. I see it regularly. You just, you're interacting with data. I see it regularly, and it's, in fact. I've got clients who have product marketing people that would rather crunch numbers in order to answer questions than to simply pick up the phone and talk to their customers, which is such a shame because you're trying to base somebody's opinion on data to basically run your strategy versus just picking up the phone and calling that customer or calling potential customers and quizzing them because you're afraid to get in front of somebody. And the qualitative data that you're going to get 
from just talking to folks is going to be so much higher quality than the quantitative data you're crunching numbers based on. Those numbers aren't going to tell you, are those people doing Google searches? Are those people on Facebook, right? That's going to differentiate between, are you running a hardcore SEO strategy or are you going to do a paid advertisement on Facebook? Two hugely different strategies requiring different talent, right? So uh, pick up the phone. Call your customer, call people who you think are your customers or who look like your ICP and have a conversation with them. Go to a conference, go to an expo, whatever it might be for something similar to the product that you're trying to launch and actually talk to the people that are there and ask them the right questions. Make sure you're organized about it. But those questions should give you the answers around, are you a decision maker? How do you make decisions? How do you research for that decision? How do you know when you need a solution? Right? What are the kind of problems that you run into that basically tell you that you need a solution to this problem? Um, you really need to understand what that looks like. And the understanding of the customer is going to give you the answers that you need. Now, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the challenges is that doing that, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of time to, to do that effectively. So, yeah. so one of the problems that I think a lot of people face um, is that like I said, you've got, you've got deadlines, you've got timelines, you have, you have to deliver on certain things. And, you know, how, how do you do balance the need for basically having customer information, um, intelligence about your customers and doing that research with the need to also start delivering? I think it's about setting expectations with, with the folks who you answer to, right? If, if we absolutely need revenue today, then we need to figure out how we get revenue today. If we need... Based on the best knowledge that we have yes. right now. Totally. I mean... So taking what we have right now, yeah. what's, the, what's, our, what's our theory? Yep. And let's start working on that. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, especially if marketing's involved, sales has been involved for quite, quite some time anyway. Companies should not go out and hire marketing folks until they've got a minimum viable product and they have ICP and they've got good product market fit that sales is out there able to sell. If sales can't sell it, marketing is not going to be able to sell it, right? So there are feet on the street who have been having conversations. The sales team is a, is a huge resource for marketing to reach out to, to learn about the marketplace, right? I think that's a really a good one there. Um, and then I would say at that point, if you aren't getting the answers that you need there, your marketer should have some intuition about how to address a market without needing to be really inventive, right? There's some really great standard stuff that you're always going to have to do. Start there to provide some air cover. Um, it shouldn't be totally unfocused, but based on when you need revenue and based on your willingness to drive revenue today versus in the future, um, there's going to be a trade-off about where you de- decide to put your resources, right? Strategically, um, you may put your resources. If you need to prove product market fit today so that you need to raise money in six months, you better start doing tactics today. You don't have time to build 12 months worth of thought leadership in order to start getting that snowball growing, right? Um, but if you've got money in the bank and you've got plenty of runway and you're really trying to sink the big fish, you may start focusing on developing a more account-centric marketing strategy along with some of this more thought leadership-based stuff and then some of the more personal in-person events. And that's going to take a lot longer, a lot more resources and a lot more cash to create new customers, but it's a better long-term strategy and might get there uh, more effectively for you. So you've got to answer the question, when? When does it have to happen? And then balance your load for strategy versus tactics based on when it has to happen. Okay. 
that was put very well, AJ. Well, I think um, I think one of the things that companies don't do well is set expectations with each other. And I see it all the time with clients where you've got this top-down approach from the CEO, they want you to do this. Or the CEO says, oh, everybody should know who we are. Or everybody does know who we are. The hubris that comes along with that is just totally insane. And then there's a bunch of people who are afraid of this guy or girl, this man or woman, and they're going to go, oh, yeah, okay, we'll get right on it before setting expectations. If you do a good job of setting expectations up front and say, actually, if we need to develop revenue today, we just got to go. We may not have all the answers and you've got to be comfortable with the fact that we may be going in the wrong direction. Perfect. Let's, we'll go with some of the you know, best channels that we know work and then we'll go do it. Um, if you're better at setting expectations and say, look, we, we really don't need to create revenue today halt the sales hiring and let's focus on getting our marketing house in order so that we can start developing a more comprehensive strategy for go to market, then uh, you've set that expectation. And when the time comes that revenue didn't get created yesterday, you can say, but you agreed that in six months we'll be okay. In 12 months we'll be okay. So which is it? Right. It's all about setting expectations. And, and oftentimes, unfortunately, marketing in, ends up becoming the redheaded stepchild of the organization and becomes the scapegoat for the business not doing well. Yep. Yep. And I think what you said about setting expectations, hugely, hugely important. It actually goes back to in our very first podcast. One of the things that we talked about was the importance of communication within an organization. Totally. Sharing what you're working on, um, sharing kind of your metrics, your data, sharing the importance of what you're doing. Um, and making sure people have this understanding of what expectations are, what's realistic, what you can deliver on. As you were talking about setting expectations too, I was also thinking about um, Star Trek. I like Star Trek. The original Star Trek show. And Scotty, Scotty, um, the character in, in Star Trek, um, at one point he is, I can't remember whether, whether this was kind of in one of the movies, but he's basically talking about setting expectations and um and he, he he's telling this this other engineer well you know you have to tell your captain that it's going to be a lot more difficult than it, than it actually is because how else is he going to think that you're a miracle worker when you're able to actually deliver on something like that you, you say right. can't be delivered on um and to me that that was an interesting piece of information because um i myself um often can um fall prey to the not necessarily over promising exactly or saying yeah that we can do that because there's a part of me that that thinks we we might be able to do that and there's a hopeful that we can do that is it necessarily realistic i mean if everything fell in place in exactly the right way and all lined up yeah then you could do you could deliver but if any one thing that you need to make to deliver on that falls out of place yeah you're not going to be able to hit that timeline. You should not be making that promise. You need basically be able to say and outline, look, this is doable given X, Y, Z. If those all happen, then yeah, this is doable. But I'm not sure if these things can happen. So I want to set the expectation that's it's probably going to not be able to be done at this point, maybe at this point, and here's, what, here's what's going to happen. Well, the C-suite in, in the pre-IPO world is so eager to raise money and capital. There tends to be an over-promise, under-deliver theme about that um, because they're afraid if they show, 
like, hey, we may not be able to hit the numbers, but then boom, they hit the numbers. The expectation is going to be the next quarter around, it's going to be even higher, and then they're really going to miss the mark. So might as well oversell them to deliver because if they can oversell it, then they'll get the cash at that time, right? And uh, they do a lot of hiding, creative hiding of finances in those situations, which I think is dangerous. Silicon Valley does a lot of, of overselling. I'm currently actually Tongue. reading uh, this this book about a company you might have heard of called Theranos. Yeah. What's called yeah, Bad a, Blood. Yeah, Theranos. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just, that's a just perfect example. a tiny little case of over-promising and under Yeah, there was other layers of corruption involved in that for sure, yeah. but a lot of it did have to do with overselling and making it look like something was significantly more successful than it actually was. Yeah. Um, and, and that is the hubris that comes with being a child CEO. You know, you've got a lot of child CEOs out there in their twenties, whatever, that think they've got the best engineered product on the planet are going to try to sell that to some people who are going to give them a lot of money to do it. And, uh, and I see it up and down the chain. I mean, in twenties, thirties, forties, fifties guys are doing it all over the place. And there's a lot of money that is around here. And I'm sure there's a lot of doubt in the eyes of the VCs who are going, yeah, I, I don't really believe you, but I'm going to give you the money and the happens chance that you're able to do it. And it makes the VCs have to kind of see through the presentation to really evaluate it on their own because they're never going to give it, get an honest evaluate, evaluation um, during that presentation. And, uh, and I think the same thing goes at any layer of the business. You absolutely have to set expectations. It doesn't mean you have to undersell to over-deliver because that's good, but if you're constantly underselling, they're going to know at some point that you're sandbagging, right? Um, but you never truly want to oversell. You, you start to overpromise, and not only do you put yourself on the stand, but you put the other people around you on the stand, and it looks bad for the organization. And so communication absolutely is, is key. So, you know, we, we've been talking for a while, and um, I, I just kind of want to... Uh, to get us kind of wrapping up a little bit of, of what we're talking about. And, and I don't know if we can tie things up in a nice little tidy bow today about, you know, strategy versus tactics, but I think there's some really important things that we've, that we've talked about. Um, ensuring that you set expectations, having to figure out sort of what the actual situation is, where you are in your situation, what the overall goal is um, to figure out, how much time you have to be able to spend on doing the kind of research that, that's going to inform your strategy, how that strategy will then flow into your tactics a bit. Um, some, of the, some of the ways to just sort of think about if you are in a situation where you have to put you know, a marketing plan in place, how to help yourself, how do you kind of allow yourself to step back and then take the time to kind of figure things out. There's a lot of different factors that, that are going to come in and contribute and, and get you kind of thinking that you have to take into account and figure out. For me, I think just the biggest thing is if you afford yourself the the time to, to step back and say, okay, why am I doing, if, if I'm thinking about doing a few things, why am I doing the things that I'm trying to do? Do I have a good understanding of what the overall goals are? Do I, am I very, very clear on what is trying to be achieved as a marketer? If, if you know what is trying to be achieved, then, then you can actually say, okay, do we have an understanding of what product market fit is, the problem that we're trying to solve? Do we have a profile of where our customers are? Um, where, what is our situation? And then take that information and then be able to come up with a tactical plan to try to get you to, to those goals. If you afford yourself the opportunity to step back and at least think about that. Rather By than setting expectations, in, right? Um, 
I think that overall you're, you're much more likely to be successful in what you're doing than, um, than otherwise. Guaranteed. And I think that doing that is also incredibly, incredibly important because if you can step back and think about that and, and be able to, to put that down in a way that makes sense to you, you will then be able to communicate that to exactly. other stakeholders and say, here's my understanding of what we're trying to achieve. Um, here are the goals. Here, who, here's who we're going after and why. Here's what we know about them. Here's what we're putting in place. Here's what we're trying to achieve with these things. And here's here's why we're, we're utilizing our resources in this way. And that's going to make you... I mean, not only is it going to make you more successful, likely, it's also going to make you look much better in who you're working with 100%. and make your ability to to work with other people and get resources you might need uh, a lot easier to achieve your goals and your ends. Yeah, the small amount of pain you go through by starting with setting expectations uh, is so much more worth it when you deliver on exactly what you were talking about, which is a very uh, logical approach to how you're going to go to market. And uh, you're going to get a lot of respect for that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that you think we need to cover and, and talk about today? No, I mean, I would say we, we could definitely spend a lot of time on on um, how do you approach a market? How do you go to market? I think that's best left for another podcast um, and answering some of those questions that our listeners might have around what channel should I leverage? What tactics should I leverage? I'm a new CEO or I'm a CEO that's been in business for a year and a half. How do I how do I take this minimum viable product I have and test the market with it? That might be a fun thing to do to actually to try to look at different types of companies and for us to bucket them and, and actually put together what are some of the tactics that have been shown if you're at this stage of company and this yeah. type of company. Can yeah, and I think, um, I think another one of the good things for us to maybe do uh, if we get the time is to write up a blog post um, that cor- correlates with the, the podcast that we're doing. That is, will- that, is that you suggesting that I write the blog post? Is that what's going <laughs> I'm on I'm looking right, right at you. Uh, no, let's let's be contributors on this thing together because I do think it is important that whatever you listen to that you reinforce with what you read and you do have the opportunity to go back and reference that as you're, as you're going about your business. So, all right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up. So I want to thank everyone for, for listening to us. Yeah, thank you uh, very much. And as always, if if you have any questions for us, if there's anything that um, that you'd like us to discuss or something that came up in the podcast today that you'd love more clarification on, um, you can reach out to us. You can email us at questions at badmarketingmedia.com. You can also visit us at www.badmarketingmedia.com. I can't believe I said www. I know. Who, who says that anymore? Nobody does. Do you know when the internet... When the internet first came out, when they when they first everything was www. <laughs> you would you would there would be like television shows and people would the the like news anchors will be telling you like a, a URL to go to and they'd be like go to http colon slash yeah. slash www. So uh, I just feel like a fool for saying www right now. Well, you're just so. dating yourself. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, send us an email, send us a note on LinkedIn, send us a note through the website. Uh, find either one of us on LinkedIn if you want to connect. Um, we're open to answer any questions you might have. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.